Go home. Go home. Go home. Welcome to episode number 95 of the Go Home Show. I am your host, Eric Padour, along with my co-host, tag team partner, best friend, Brian Abushakra. Brian, yes. how you doing today? I'm good. I got a scoop right off the bat. Holy shit. EC3 has no wrists. Were you guys even prepared for that scoop? You didn't even know he didn't have wrists. Look at him next time. Motherfucker ain't got no wrists. It's trouble, 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 trouble. That was a hot scoop. That was a TNA scoop. Yep. That... Nobody was expecting that. Nope. It's not even a show we fucking watch. Nope. But for some reason, we watched it last week. What did we watch? I think we watched... Easy- oh, I showed you... He took a picture with uh, Best Friends. Oh, yeah. And uh, and he had... His forearms just became his... Like, his hands. I just remembered Chuck Taylor. Oh, yeah. Chuck Taylor. <laughs> hey, welcome to episode number 95 of the Go Home Show. We're gonna get right into it. Chuck Taylor lost the rights to the name Chuck Taylor in Chikara... In kayfabe, so he no longer gets to wrestle as the is under the name Chuck Taylor. There, he scoot Tatum. So, <laughs> Brian like that. So scoot. scoot Tatum. Ta- so uh, he made a scoot Tatum Twitter, uh-huh. and you can follow scoot Tatum. <laughs> follow scoot Tatum, guys. What a name, scoot Tatum. Well, he can't wrestle as Chuck Taylor anymore. What's he supposed to do? Scoot Tatum, it is. How did he come up with that name? The power of Scoot, man. Oh, I love Scoot Tatum. That's such a great <laughs> you name. Big, you big Scoot Tatum fan? Yeah. Big Scoot Tatum guy? Yeah, he's real over with me. You Scoot head? Yeah. You big Scoot head? Yeah. Damn. I'm a big Scoot head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Chikara's fun, and it's weird. Yeah. So, if you have not watched Chikara, check it out. Uh, great wrestling and fun stories and weird characters. Like, Estonian Thunder Frog... And Oleg the Usurper. And Los Ice Creams. <laughs> I forgot about Los Ice Creams. And uh, stuff like that. So I can't believe... Man, we had a scoop. We had a scoop and a scoot. Mm-hmm. Right right to start off the show. There it is. I can't even believe that. We Hot were, dog. We were scooping into a scoop. We were scooping and scooting all over the place. Um, let's see. There's a lot we have to talk about this week. Uh, Axel Rotten died. Oh, uh, yeah. Former ECW star Axel Rotten. Rest in peace. Uh, we watched uh, part of Legends with JBL with Ron Simmons, and that was uh, like really good. Way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Than I hoped it would be. Because right. I hoped it was going to be very interesting. Yep. Because you got two old school like wrestling guys, and I all I wanted was for them to do exactly what they did. And then what, how they did what they did uh-huh. was more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Yep. Uh, Ron Simmons, there's a reason he was as big as he was mm-hmm. and as popular as he was. He is so good at captivating you uh-huh. and like telling a story and making you feel really engaged. And the stuff he was talking about was really interesting and really cool. Yep. So I would say uh, definitely better than the one with Eric Bischoff, which was cool. Yeah. I had that. I had... The Bischoff one on as background noise. The Ron Simmons one, I was paying attention to every everything they were saying. 
because it was really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, well, well put. Uh, I thought he had like a really interesting story, and a lot of interesting stuff happened to him, and he's done a lot of very interesting things. Seems like a really stand-up guy, mm-hmm. and that, that's it. Yeah, so check that out if you're looking for something. It's only 45 minutes. It's really not that long. Yeah, yeah, so check it out. Somebody in the chat. We're live at twitch.tv slash mega64podcast as we try to do every Tuesday at 7.45 p.m., and someone in the chat said, Dave Mira retired. <laughs> close. <laughs> Very close. Uh, I guess you could say he bu- he, he uh, bit the bullet. Don't, don't make, don't make, like, that, like, half-laugh noise at your own joke. Especially, like, when it's, it was just, bit the bullet. You were like, like a warthog. I couldn't get it out without laughing. (laughs) Fucked up. Too soon? Fucked up. Yeah, it was, like, a week ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, Daniel Bryan retired, but we'll get to that. That'll Mm -hmm. be how we end the whole kit and caboodle uh or maybe we start with it do we start with it sure i feel like it's the biggest thing i right? feel like yeah if we're gonna devote any time to anything like we're gonna try to cram it in at the end daniel and- bryan retired yeah it was it's- it was very sad everyone hoped it was a work he uh, tweeted out the other day that um due to injuries he will be retiring and he talked more about it on raw everybody's talking about how it might be a work but but i think that was everyone just going Oh man! Please, 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 please be a work. Yeah, it's like when Mitch Hedberg died and they announced it on April Fool's Day, and you yep. went, "If there was one person <laughs> who could get away with that joke, it'd yep. be Mitch Hedberg." Yep. Nope. Dead. Yep. Uh, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan came down, and uh, it was the main event of Raw, and it was very long, and it was one of the best segments of television I think I've ever seen. I would agree. It was incredibly heartfelt. It was really genuine. He had like funny stuff to say yeah it showed what kind of person he was like he had like a lot of like really somber things to say he had a lot of um like really heartwarming things he talked about his dad being in the audience when uh and i've watched it so many times now like not even before he talked about it and everything but uh during the title ascension ceremony or whatever Mm -hmm. where the two titles are going up and triple h is trying to like get lines out and the crowd is just relentlessly chanting daniel bryan he said that was like the last time his dad got to see him live, and it was that ovation. And it's like fuck, that was like so special. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, I recommend stopping this and uh, going to watch it. Yep. Uh, do you have any uh, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson like memories? Is there anything that sticks out to you about him or anything like when you think of him? What do you think of? I I think for me like. It it was always, it was always cool. He was really. We were talking about this last night. He was the person that made it possible for anybody from the indies to really get a fair shake. Now, mm-hmm. like people will talk about, oh, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and I'm not saying that he's not one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen wrestle. Yeah, I would say that there are people who are more, you know, like overall a better wrestler like i would say i think kevin owens is or kevin Steen, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call him is a better actual wrestler i think finn balor is an actual better wrestler or kenny omega but he opened the door wide open for every single one of these people Mm -hmm. to be in the wwe right now that's interesting claudio castagnoli 
or as we know him, Cesaro, I don't know why I called him Claudio Castagnoli, Sami Zayn, all of these guys who we're seeing in, in uh, NXT and now coming up to the main <clears throat> roster from the indies, mm-hmm. wouldn't have been here without Daniel Bryan. And yeah. I know some of you guys will say, oh, CM Punk, CM Punk. He was always CM Punk no matter what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And him coming to the WWE was just the same as him going from ROH to PWG to wherever he was at. He was always CM Punk. Uh-huh. Daniel Bryan was that indie darling that I feel really coined and created that pathway for everybody else. Um, so for me, I remember during this whole Yes movement, the thing that really stuck out to me, and I just remember telling Eric about it all the time, is it feels like you're watching your best friend make it to the thing that they've always wanted. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we've talked about we've seen him wrestle in the Jewish Community Center and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we really saw him there like... Four or five different times oh, wrestling. We've, oh, we've like high fived him. Yeah, like, like I've been in physical this, space like this, this close. distance. Yeah, he's landed on me and near me. He, like, <coughs> we've we've been able to talk directly to him and at like at these events because he would always hang out and talk to everybody. And it's like it felt like I watched somebody who I knew personally, even though he didn't really make it to the main stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I've said on the show that. I kind of felt like once he hit WrestleMania, it's like, where does he go from here? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like poetic justice that he kind of didn't really <laughs> he didn't, have anything th- after th- that. There was nowhere to go, yeah. But, like, he changed the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. And that's what I think maybe some people aren't aren't going to talk about a lot right now. Uh-huh. But maybe later on down the road, like, you have to remember the main event of WrestleMania was going to be Batista yeah. versus Randy Orton. Yep. Period. Done. Cut mm-hmm. and dry. That was it. Yeah. He was so over. Yep. His, him, by virtue of only his, like, being a wrestler and an entertainer, connected with the crowd and changed the main event of WrestleMania 30. Uh, to me, he's the guy who got over organically despite being booked not very well. Mm-hmm. Or like a joke. Mm-hmm. He was a small guy. And the crowd really rallied behind him and made him, like, put him in the spot that they felt where he deserved to be, which was the top of the card. Uh, it was... He's a guy who... I always really respected, and I remember being really excited to see him when we saw him the first time, probably in 2004, yeah. or 2005, it had to be 2004 probably, um, like late 2004, uh, when he arrived back in PWG, maybe it was 2005, but it's in that era. And uh, We saw he, him in 2004, he, but then he came back in 2005. So he comes back with the cloak, the beard, the shaved head, and like... I, like, watching that, I remember thinking, like, this is something... I remember, like, really distinctly thinking, like, this is somebody very different. Like, yeah. he had, like, a very different aura to him. He 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 wasn't as big as everyone else, but to me, he felt like a star. Like, he was yeah. a standout guy. Like, I own VHS tapes of his wrestling. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I, he's that... To me, he's that good. Mm-hmm. What I really loved about him as a performer isn't that... It's not that he would go in there and just try to put on the best matches, because he would. He tried to go in there and put on matches that he felt he would want to see. Mm-hmm. Or, I think I appreciated him as a performer because he felt like a fan of what he was doing. 
he wouldn't just go out there and hit his same six spots and then be done with it. He would try to change up as much as he could. He, even, you know, on the indies and everything, you have so much more leeway. You know, he, he had a lot of, he had like catchphrases when people weren't really doing catchphrases on like the indies. Right. You know, I, I have till five and. Oh yeah. You're going to get your fucking head kicked in like that kind of stuff. Like that's him. Yeah. You know, he, he had a real connection with the fans, but he really, he was an artist when it came to his art. Other yeah. guys are there to do it and they love it and you know they might love it just as much but they don't have that knowledge or that skill or that kind of that x factor to know when to put on a 15 minute match just in a headlock yeah like who who the who would ever do anything like that who and and that is something that i think is is always going to be the trademark of Brian Danielson's career is his versatility. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he was a wrestling artist, and he could put together a match with just headlocks, or he could wrestle a WWE match. Yeah, and he was a small guy who was a really dominant wrestler on the indies just being the wrestler's wrestler. But then when he went to WWE, you know, it, it took a while to find that groove. He was fired and rehired, which is crazy, like... What a career of, like, crazy happenstance and, like, coincidences and things like that where he's fired and hired and goes on to main event WrestleMania 30 because other people quit and, like, all this weird shit. But that's not to take away from him. What I was saying is that on the indies, is he was this standout guy who would kick your fucking head in. He was a badass and detached retina and all this stuff. He came to WWE totally different. Yeah. He looked very fresh-faced, and he looked very young, and, all. The, and you know, he was, like, a geek, and he's a vegetarian, and, you know, it was in that time where, like, Michael Cole was, like, a heel, so he's burying whatever. It's some bullshit. It, it's it, classic WWE, like, yeah, personal vendetta shit. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And despite all that, he still got over, and he's the U.S. champion. And despite all that, he still got over, and then he became the world champion. And he went from being kind of like a middle-of-the-card guy or whatever, to like an upper-mid-card guy where he was a serviceable heel and he got a big personality with that yes chant Mm -hmm. and everything. And then, you know, people started getting behind it, so he started doing no. So they would do yes when he did no, and, you know, he could still be a heel. And then he became this goofy heel, and then he would tag with Kane, and he was still a goofy guy, but then you take that turn again, and he's the underdog main event guy that they've always needed I, he fits every role so well. Yeah. And you can tell he's just happy to be there because he gets to do what he loves to do every day. Yeah. And now, like he was saying in his retirement speech, which was like, I mean, heartbreaking. Yeah. That he, uh, he doesn't, he's not, a, he's not a wrestler anymore. Yeah. He doesn't wrestle anymore. And so it was, uh, it was hard. Yeah. Uh, really, really please watch his speech. Please watch matches from his career. Read his book. I really recommend the book. I recommend the book a lot. It's very, very good. Um, and that's it. So, so honestly, like I think, like everybody else, the I, I'm just happy that I was able to watch it happen, mm-hmm. and and I'm thankful for everything that he did because, man, you don't you don't get people like that mm-hmm. in in wrestling very often who are willing to to take all the all the licks that he took and keep going because they care that much about the product. Yep. We always talk about, oh, that's us caring more about the product than the product cares about, you know, 
itself. Mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan cared about the product as much as as we all do. He's as much of a fan as we are. Yeah. And um, he got to do the thing he loved, and we got to enjoy watching him do it. Yep. And I'm I'm thankful that I was able to be around for any of it. That yeah. that was a really cool experience. So. Yeah, uh, he kept saying, he kept using the word grateful, and I thought that was really poignant, mm -hmm. and uh, I thought that was great. So, uh, I'm very grateful that he had a career, I'm grateful that I got to watch him since 2002, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was watching, I remember Ring of Honor's debut and, like, finding indie stuff and everything, and uh, watching that through, like, high school, and, uh, I mean, for about half my life, I've been watching him wrestle. Yeah. Which I'm is pretty crazy. I mean, I, I remember, I remember when you were like, "Hey, uh, that that event we go to, that this guy's going to be here," and you yeah. showed me like clips online, and all this stuff, and I'm like, and I remember being excited, yeah, to see the American Dragon Daniel Brian Daniels, yep, and I and then I was like, oh, and he spells his name like me, so I <laughs> I immediately loved him. So like, it, it it was just like I said, I'm I'm grateful as well. I'm really thankful for for everything Daniel Bryan did because being a wrestler at 18 and having three concussions that soon, and yep. then to have a a career that spans almost 16 years after that. Yep. Uh, so he went on uh, ESPN today. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find this stuff. And he talked about why he retired um, and concussions in general, uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like why, why, why he did what he did and why he chose to retire and go out the way that he did. Um, and he said that, I, I want to find it. Uh, I don't necessarily need people to remember me. I would like them to remember the experiences they share at shows, which is, I thought, really nice. Mm -hmm. The EEG had found that I had some slowing and a small subacute or chronic lesion on my temper peridial peridial region. Mm -hmm. um, I had a po I had post concussion seizures that I've had for a long time. So he went on ESPN and said all that today, and um, Jesus. And that, that's it. So, you know. That's pretty intense. Pretty crazy. So, uh, if you have a chance, watch it. Yeah. If you have a chance, watch I, it. I definitely will when I get home. Yep. So, there you have it. How about... Um, yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan spelled it. Thanks, man. Now I can definitely read it. <laughs> what do you think he was reading? <laughs> so, um... Nerd. <laughs> so there you have it uh daniel bryan thank you very much and uh we hope to see more of you in the future and uh great guy great wrestler and uh just a great person yep and now let's talk about nxt let me look at my notes for nxt i didn't take any take it away all right we uh start off with the vaude villains versus the mm -hmm. hype bros the, uh, the vaude villains are supposed to be heel now i guess but did almost nothing different except for like they looked mean did they they made, they made like unhappy. They didn't smile as much. They made snarly faces. Well, it, I, I just don't understand because the hype bros do not connect with the crowd as faces. In my opinion, people don't really cheer for the hype bros. And then you have the vaude villains who people still really want to cheer for, <coughs> uh, -huh. uh, going against the vaude villains. And I didn't. I just didn't understand that booking. That 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 was really the main thing that I wrote from this match in terms of my overall takeaway. I didn't understand this booking. You, you got to put these guys against like, I mean, I'm not saying you got to put them against uh, Gable and Jordan or like Enzo and Cass and have them go over on them, like, like even if they cheat. But mm -hmm. like, 
something like that where they have like a backstage confrontation or like something that establishes them as a heel not like a very i just i thought it was a weak way to to reintroduce them they just they they just they were supposed to be heels and they didn't look or do anything different yeah they were just the same there you go yeah this match was fine i guess mojo does the thing where he yells he ain't hype and then people yell it back i don't fucking understand that at all um uh i i don't really remember much of this match i think there's like a hot tag to writer and then uh he hits some of his stuff he misses his boot in the corner and then they hit whirling dervish for the finish yeah. is, is that pretty much it pretty much it the vaude villains win uh was there any other notes on that i'm trying to think if there's anything else no, i wrote like four lines simon gotch has uh the shaved underside haircut he looks good i like his look still okay uh, we were followed up next with a backstage segment of Dosh, uh, Dash and Dawson, which I'm, man, these guys are improving every single week in terms of being on the mic. Yeah. Uh, Dawson's talking, or Dash Wilder is talking more, mm-hmm. um, starting to at least. His jacket says powder keg. I love their jackets. And then, uh, Scott Dawson, uh, it says the mechanic. Yeah. I love so it. So the mechanic and the power keg, powder keg. Uh, all right. Whatever. Uh, they I'm- talk about... They talk about how uh, Enzo and Cass are just a lot of talk, and they've never won anything, and they don't win the titles, and they beat them again, and over and over. Yep. Uh, there's anything else? Not really. I didn't think so. I like that they clink the belts like they're beers. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, they've done that before, and I really, I think that's a cool thing for them to do. It makes a weird sound, but it makes me go like, no, no, you're gonna hurt the belt. Yep, but I think it's, I think it's a cool thing that those guys can do, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it fits their characters very yep. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have Carmella versus Emma. And uh, I don't know if this was the first week that I noticed or the first week that they did it, uh-huh. but they they announce or the announcer uh, called this a women's division match. Like uh, this, this match is in the women's division. In the women's division, right? Uh, again, don't know if they'd done that the previous week or if this was just the first time I'd noticed. Mm-hmm. But I thought that it was cool that they didn't call it the divas division. Y- you know what I noticed in this match? Mm. There were a lot of headlocks. Well, it's uh, Carmella still not. Not ready to wrestle. A lot of headlocks. There there were. Uh, a lot. But that being said, the crowd was really starting to wake up for this match. Uh, whereas I felt like they were super quiet for Vaudevillains versus the Hype Bros. Yeah. Uh, I think even though the wrestling wasn't there, they like the two characters. They mm-hmm. can really get behind Carmella and really hate Emma. And that's, I mean, at the very core of it, that's good enough. If you're entertaining and getting the crowd reaction... That's good. I thought Emma did a very good job in this match, making uh, Carmella look good. Mm-hmm. Because there were a lot of headlocks. There certainly were. But Carmella's looking more confident in the ring, and, and I think that, you know, maybe in another six months to a year, we'll start seeing something pretty good from her. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I like any of Carmella's offense. I mean, I don't want to sit here and nitpick, because I know it's developmental. Mm-hmm. But, like, none. Yeah. None. I know, I know what you mean. It, it's a lot of like cross bodies and like all the easy stuff that somebody can do. So hopefully, I mean, she's found her character well. Hopefully, she can kind of fit the wrestling into that character yep. in, in a way mm-hmm. that uh, that works well. Yep. Oh, and Carmella wins with a uh, with her little head choke head figure four thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't really. I don't know what that is. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so good job, Carmelo. You're coming along. Keep at it. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you're going to, I think you're going to be good a, a little on down the line. We have to remember she's only, I feel like really been wrestling for like a year. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, so next we have a, a little Sami Zayn. Hey, Sami, what do you think about the decision last week? Oh, I think that I put him in the sharpshooter, and gosh golly, I think I should win. And then that cuts to a Joe who has nothing to say. Except Joe, like, Samoa Joe just does that thing where you go like, what? Yeah, fuck. It's yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, front. What? Front, son. What? What? Like that. Like yep. like a chicken. Uh, but uh, that was it. I like that he just did that. The camera went, Bleh! and then he walked away. Yep. I thought I thought that was a cool thing. Yep. Uh, next we have a little, um, kind of recap American Alpha package, which I really enjoy this way of telling a story, uh-huh. uh, then, oh, yeah, two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw, we saw American Alpha go against, and then you have the commentators call over it. Rather, you put together a fun, quick package that mm-hmm. gives you the story of what they've been doing, mm-hmm. how they progressed with little lines of, like, oh, and then da 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 did this, and, oh, look at the agility of this guy, the power of J- Jason Jordan, the... The acumen of um, of Chad Gable, like all that stuff, that's so much more effective use of time than two weeks ago on Raw. Yeah, and then they talk over the match. Yeah, so I appreciated that segment for that. Thought it was a pretty good video too. Mm-hmm. Um, next you have uh, Enzo and Cass versus Jobbers. Who I did they even say their names? I caught the names and I don't remember what they were. I feel like it was as simple as like a Jack and John name, basically. I thought so. I thought I'd written the names down, but I guess I didn't, because I wanted to remember. Oh, well. Um, Cass and Enzo are, like, so hot right now, it's insane. Yeah. Enzo is continuing to cut some of the best promos I've seen in so long, and is so entertaining to watch. Mm -hmm. And then they get into the match, and Corey Graves is the best heel announcer the WWE has had in, like, 15 years. He he just goes, yeah, I can't believe a convicted felon is wrestling in this match. And Tom Phillips goes, convicted felon? What? Who? Enzo's not a convicted felon. Yeah, well, he should be. <laughs> That's it. It was Perfect. just it was just like a straight Bobby the Brain Heenan line, and it was great. I love that kind of heel announcer where it doesn't matter what this guy can do. This guy could pay you money, and you'd still hate him. Yep. Love that about Corey Graves. Um... I mean, it's a it's a jobber match. They they win, and uh, Enzo does the big dive off the, yeah. the top to finish it or whatever. But before that, Big Cass like hip tosses one of the guys over the top rope onto like the floor below, oh, that's right? And he hits so fucking hard. Uh, like I was, I watched it and just went, you have to, didn't have to, hey Sinkara, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> Uh, I, I appreciated as well in this match, I had, I'd written this down at the end, that Tom Phillips couldn't get a word in at the end because, because Corey Graves kept making him laugh. Yep. Because he's that good. I love yep. Corey Graves. Hey, Corey Graves, I know you're listening to this. We love you. Shouts out. Shouts out. Shouts um, out. next. Corey Graves is the guy that I always thought had the it factor. Yep. When people talk about the it factor. That was him. Yep. Uh, to, I don't know. To me, I always saw it. I I'm, I was really bummed that he wasn't able to continue as a wrestler. Yeah, but man, has he found his place in yep. in the in, in the announce booth. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have a little backstage with uh, Apollo Cruz, and he's all excited. I'm going to face Finn Balor. I'm smiling. Uh, then we have the uh, final announcement from Regal that gets interrupted by Baron Corbin, which I felt didn't. Need to have the interruption. Baron Corbin just comes in and goes, "I hope you're talking about that match." Yeah, I yeah I am. You lost. Uh, Fine. Bye. <laughs> Don't know why he was there. 
remember he's there, I guess. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, he announces what we all knew was going to happen, which is uh, a match between Zayn and... Uh, Samojo. And Samojo, which yep. is going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Asuka versus uh, Santana Garrett. I thought that was crazy. Santana Garrett was in a wrestled in a WWE ring. Yeah. That's very... That was very interesting to me. And she got some offense in, and she got some near falls. Mm-hmm. Santana Garrett. All right. Very cool. Hopefully we see more of her. If uh, if you're not familiar with Santana Garrett, she is like one of the most decorated women's wrestlers in the U.S. right now. So uh, check her out. Mm-hmm. Very interesting that she was on NXT. Uh, she rolls through on like a schoolboy. She does like some kicks or something. But she just gets fucking busted and then locked in the Asuka lock. And that that's pretty much that whole match. That's, that's all it is. Yep. Asuka's incredible. She moves so unique and so fluidly. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that she can jump into an arm bar is insane. I love that. It looks so good. Yep. It, she's Blue Mary in uh, in King of Fighters. Like, <laughs> it's insane. That's fine. Uh, finally, we have the main event. Paulo Cruz versus Finn Balor. Uh, they start off with a long mat wrestling sequence. Yep. Which I thought was a great, great way oh, to it's get a nice way to sl- it. slow it down and ease everyone into the match. And I always love to watch Matt wrestling, and it just shows you how good both of these guys are. Apollo Crews doesn't get enough credit for how well-rounded he is. Yeah. Um, and Finn Balor, uh, who I guess now is hurt, which is another thing we can talk about, hurt his, sprained his ankle in yeah. Indianapolis. Yep. Um, man, just entertaining and a lot of fun to watch. I don't know where they're going to go with this. I mean, match aside, like, whatever you want to say. It was a great match. Uh, that's what I want to see more of in NXT. Uh-huh. So, you have these two guys face off against each other. hmm Hopefully, it's to build a story between the two. I, I think I think it's to show that Apollo... If, he, if people didn't believe in Apollo Crews, it showed that he could hang. Mm. And, and then you put him in a lower card feud and build him up, but you know that he can hang. Mm. I think that's the purpose. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he just lost a couple of feuds, and then he lo- and then he loses, or I guess he lost the feud with Corbin, and then he loses here. Um, I just think that this is a way to like show that he's he can be like a main event caliber guy, but he's not. Oh, like the story is, but like he's not there yet. You know, mm. like he's not the man. So you have that story build back. He has to take a step back. You know, kind of work his way back up, mm. and, and I think that's what the story where the story goes. Um. That makes sense given the match. Yeah, I think you know it. it he didn't get, uh, you know, he didn't get pinned off of one coupe, uh, coupe de gras. Yeah, uh, a, like or a second one. Finn Balor had to go all the way to a bloody Sunday. Yeah, to to put him down. Crazy, right? Yeah, and like Finn Balor, like totally took a uh, standing moonsault and like took a huge beating. Yep, and you know legitimacy for the champion. Like you, you really thought, hey, maybe this this might go. To, to Apollo Crews at one point. Yep. But uh, but no, with with the Bloody Sunday, that was it. And Pretty I cool. That. I love that finish. Pretty cool. It's a great looking finish. It's it's just it's just a brain buster. Yeah. But with instead of the arm being over the head like a suplex, it's just it's arm captured in front, mm-hmm. and then it's just a lift and a drop. It looks it looks really good. Well, I love brain busters. So yeah, hell yeah, Bloody yeah. Sunday all day. It's fucking great. So yeah, NXT um, on a whole was was decent. I thought it was. Okay. Um, I think, seven out of ten. I would I would say that. Uh, I would. Uh, my one criticism I think I have, and I told Eric about this in the middle of the week, is that NXT isn't developing any singles male ta- talents right now. Mm-hmm. They're only developing men's tag teams and the women's division. Like the only homegrown star you have. That that was the conversation. It's not that they're not developing these guys. It's that they're not. They don't ha- like their homegrown stuff. 
is like Tyler Breeze, Baron Corbin. That's it. Yeah, I mean, Alex Riley. He Again, he was on the WWE roster before. Like, we talked about this. Yeah. No, he, I know. He was the same one you brought up. No, I know, but that, that's that's the point I'm making, is like, it's supposed to be like a developmental, but this guy's been on the main roster. And it's like, okay, so why is Alex Riley still down in NXT? Mm-hmm. Okay, if he doesn't have a place on the main roster, then, and he doesn't really have a place on NXT, maybe he doesn't have a place in the business. In that company. I don't know. Don't say that here. Say it to his face. Say it to his face. But, you know, that's that's how NXT is. It's always building to the takeovers, and it kind of sucks because I remember a year ago you would get a match like Tyler Breeze versus Tyson Kidd, and man, that was fun mm-hmm. to see those matches. And uh, and that's kind of what you got in the main event, but it used to be the whole show of that. Mm-hmm. And now they're just buying up all the indie talent and putting them there. It's a lot of squashes, and, and I'm, not, I'm not super against that, but... I need something, yeah. and I just feel like there's not, like, a ton going on. Especially because, like I said, a year ago, I felt like I was a lot more excited about NXT yeah. than, I, than I am now. And it's still better booked than Raw, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that's not saying a lot. Let's find out why we're less excited about NXT. Lucha Underground! Prince Puma's training. He's doing arm curl reps, like a badass. Fucking cool. He's, like, fucking yanking him, fucking jacking him. And then Pentagon Jr. comes in and he says, hey, I'm going to take you out and disciples of death and you have to be my partner. And then they fight Kung Fu style. It was cool. I thought that was such a cool vignette. But they got to fight and then they got to be partners later. Also, what even could even happen between them? I know. Who can never be sure? Uh, Tell me. Johnny Mundo against Killshot. I thought this match ruled. Dude, who, like, I knew Killshot was exciting to watch. In the first season of Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. like either he's gotten way better or they're letting him go. I like he was, man. Yep. The way that guy moves in the ring and moves around the ring and does anything is so interesting. Yep. Just really unique, really fluid, really exciting to watch. Yep. Uh, kill shot hits like a spaceman moonsault over the top rope uh, to the outside. Johnny Mundo hits a C4, which is a standing Spanish fly, the like the backflip, yeah, rock Jesus. bottom type move. Yeah, looked really cool. Uh, Mundo gets crotched on the second rope. He gets hung up in the second rope. Gets super kicked. Gets spiked DDT'd, and then Killshot hits a 450, and it was a two count that the crowd bought. All the way home. Oh, I bought I bought that so hard. I mean I bit on that, that so hard. That was a that was a near fall that could have been the end of the match and everyone would have gone home happy. Oh, absolutely. But he kicked out and everybody was furious. I I mean that makes kill shot look really good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that that's like a guy that you're gonna root for type mm-hmm. of thing, like where you just go, oh, He's so fucking close because then he gets screwed. There's a ref bump that looked awful. Yeah. Rick knocks like they just kind of go, uh, like they bump into him and Rick knock goes, ah, oh, like he has the vapors. Like yeah. he just, oh, and then I falls do down back and the crowd hated it, but they have good editing in Lucha Underground. Yep. Um, so after the ref bump, Johnny Mundo does the old up and over on kill shot and hits him with a low blow. And then after the low blow, he hits springboard uh, enziguri kick, and then the end of the world. And the crowd hates him. Boo, boo, boo. Boo. 
Post-match, he grabs the microphone and he talks. To, he yells at Mil Muertes, who's on his skull throne, and yelling, if you thought that earthquake that killed your parents was bad, wait until you see the end of the world. That's his move. I thought that was cool. And then, a voice from the mysterious dark comes. Who can it be? It's Brian fucking Cage. Brian Cage is here, uh, and he's a fucking machine. Brian Cage rules. I love this guy. He comes out, he interrupts, and he talks about, hey, like, if anyone's going to take out Mil Muertes, it's me. Uh, Mundo tells him, like, you're not even in my league. And Cage says, I think the one and only time we fought, I beat your ass. And it was like, oh, fuck, yeah. So they get in the ring, there's a face-off, but Mundo leaves. Then Cage does some, like, flexing and taunting, which I didn't think he needed this next part. He does, like, some flexing and taunting, and then Mundo comes in and jumps Cage. Mm -hmm. But Cage fights him off, and Mundo leaves, so Cage goes back to to flexing and taunting. Why did we... Why? Yeah, I think I think it's just to have that little mid feud between him and uh, him and Mundo before he can go towards Mel. I guess uh, it just I just don't know why you have the spot of Mundo running in and jumping him. Yeah, because I, you could see that a feud was already kind of sparking here. You didn't need like the actual physical altercation, especially when it puts you exactly where, where you, you were, were right before it started. Yeah, it was just like we didn't move forward. Okay. Sexy Star is being held prisoner at uh, Marty, Marty the Moth Martinez's house. Uh, Marty the Moth Martinez looks like Yacht Rock. Well, he looks like he's from La Jolla. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yep. Um, I- I'm excited to see where this goes, right? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be weird, because like, he's still got a sister that we don't know about. Yeah, I'm curious to see who that is. So that's going to be interesting, more too. Fem- more female wrestlers here. Especially um, here in Lucha Underground, right? Yep. That's cool. Uh, there's a PJ Black video. He rides on a motorcycle, and he's a darewolf. <laughs> fuck's a darewolf? Google darewolf. It's a wolf that takes dares. Yeah. You, you can dare the wolf to do stuff, and he goes, ooh, and he has to do it. Darewolf. 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 Uh, so he rides on a motorcycle, and then he gets off the motorcycle, and then other people get off their motorcycles, and then they kung fu fight. The people motorcycles have lucha masks on. Which was, uh, just keep the helmets. Just keep the helmets on. It's exactly what I thought. It's exactly what I thought. I went, why did you do this? You could have left the hel- like, we didn't need to see, if, if they're, if they're, like, kind of just throwaway who gives yeah. a shit characters, keep their helmets on. Why have them take them off and put... Because then you could have a spot where like, you bang their heads together. Sure. I mean, anything. It just was... I, I didn't I, get that at all. It just seemed... It seemed silly. It, this was my favorite part, though. <laughs> it ends. The video ends, and he's the darewolf. He's mysterious, and he loves... He can't get enough of the thrill. It's right. dark, and it's all sepia, and he's a werewolf or whatever. A darewolf, sorry. And then it's... Uh, the Mac comes out. Love the Mac. Can't fucking get enough of this guy. Always love the guy. And PJ Black... Which is the Darewolf, the video we just saw. The video is dark and mysterious. PJ Black comes out, smiling and pointing and going, Hey, it's me! What? Isn't this crazy? It's like... You didn't do what the vignette did. Mm -mm. The vignette was like, I'm a Darewolf, I'm mysterious. You have to be careful. I I do all these things for the thrill. And then he comes out, big fucking goofy grin... Hey, what's up? It's me. Hey, you remember me. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hey, look over here. Hey, what's up? It's me. It's like, this didn't... Come on, man. I think this is where Lucha Underground can suffer from being a production. Yep. yep. Uh, I think they came up with the idea of the Darewolf mysterious character 
like probably two or three weeks in. Well, Darewolf is his gimmick. Mm -hmm. Like he has shirts. Yeah. That say Darewolf. It's just having it be like this dark, mysterious thing is definitely Lucha Underground's thing. And yeah, you're right. I think he was there to be normal Justin Gabriel, mm-hmm. and then later they went, "Oh, let's make you a little bit more edgy yep. for for this." Yep. So like, don't be surprised if in like two or three episodes, or like it, it darkens a little it, bit. It becomes He's a, got, lot like, a little more, more edge. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, this really is the first time that I've ever noticed something like that. I know we're only in the the second episode of the second season, but this is like the first time. I don't know. I I, I noticed it the previous week with the whole like they announced the entire trio or not trios match but like the evilise and yeah all those guys and then they had to explain it again on the actual i don't mind that i feel like the vignettes mm. like the backstage segments and everything live outside of what matt striker and vampiro see ah that that's that's okay. the way i'm choosing to like i'm okay with that headcanon retcon that shit I'm okay of with like that. this the show is happening real time and like this other stuff is happening and so like they don't get to see it and mm-hmm. that's why like they're surprised by like some of these developments that that makes that makes sense i I'm okay i guess that. i mean it the fact that we have to come up with shit like that is kind of a bummer um look at the audio waveform through the whole thing you can see like where we start and it's funny <laughs> and then we talk about daniel bryan for like a long time and it's like somber yeah and then we talk about nxt and it peaks at times like little ones here here it's like oh here's this thing and then here's this thing <laughs> look how much louder it gets for lucha underground we start talking about lucha underground and it just like the whole thing is like boom yep holy shit if you're listening to this podcast and i know we say this every week that we talk about lucha underground if you listen to this podcast mm-hmm. and you sit here and you hear us talk this much about lucha underground and you still aren't fucking watching Lucha Underground? Watch it, please. Please watch it. We're, please. Ma- we're making two complaints about a, the most minor thing you could possibly yep. come up with. Because, because God, this is like the best wrestling show every week. I, I mean, this, this to get into the match, like, was so much fun. Yeah, go you, through it, run it. Like, like you, got, you got this big old guy, the Mac, who's fun and exciting to watch. You got this new guy in PJ Black, who we all know who he is, and like... You have such a good call team. Like, I wanted to mention this in the last match, too, but I forgot. You have such a good call team that creates a, a compelling story. Granted, they might have even re-recorded it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'd be fine with that if all of the call team stuff was that good on Raw. Right. It's not. You have really good storytelling, really good exposition, why these characters matter, why this match matters, where they came from. Yep. Like, there's substance to it. They call the action in the ring in a way that isn't just like... Like, they when in the last match they talked about the um, the Spanish fly, he calls the actual move and then explains what it is yep. also known as. Uh-huh. That's what JR used to do. That's why I love JR, because he would teach you. Yep. And in this one, you had that fun little, like... You know, Vampiro did not have to bring up the fact that one of the guys was actually black and then one of the guys was named black. But that's the charm of Lucha Underground. I thought that was so funny. Oh, well, we just call him Darewolf. We're just that, that way. We're not getting in trouble. <laughs> I love that kind because of stuff. He uh, Matt Stryker almost called Willie Mac Black mm-hmm. because it was just like, oh, PJ Black was doing a move, or Willie Mac was doing a move to PJ Black, and he just got him like backwards, mm-hmm. and then Vampiro was just like, this is called Darewolf, <laughs> which, which to me, like. The other thing that I note uh, that I noted about this match, uh-huh. which is just a, a, commenta- a commentary about the whole Lucha Underground, this show is so produced, but does not feel unnatural. 
I agree. Like, there's a lot of production. It, it, fe- it feels like a TV show, but the wrestling part of it still feels like wrestling. And then all of it works so naturally mm-hmm. that you don't even notice that there is that real big disconnect where it goes into a backstage segment that looks like, like a straight-up cable TV show. Yeah. And then you go back to the wrestling, and that feels <clears throat> all natural, whereas you have Raw... And you're stumbling through segments. Yep. Uh, I like that Justin was the referee for this match. I fucking love Justin. Fucking Justin, we know you're listening to this. We fucking love you, Justin. We're the guys at those shows. When you, when you come out, everyone boos. We're going, hey, man, you can do it. We believe in you. We're, we're just, probably at about this volume to you. Just going, hey, man, you hey we you can do it, Justin. Let's go, man. Go, Justin. And then, and then he gives us. He just looks at us and gives us a thumbs up. That was that was so much fun <laughs> when we were at All Star Weekend. Yep. Uh, I love that this match is fast paced. Lots of chops and kicks everywhere, like big chops and big kicks. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kip up moonsault by the Mac. I thought was really cool. Uh, there's a springboard moonsault from the top rope. Justin Gabriel is, goes for his 450, but Mac rolls away. And then there's a springboard that gets caught into a cutter or a stunner. Yeah, I don't know what it was. And then PJ Black loses. Eric and I couldn't understand... Why would you have PJ Black lose here? What this... what Like, was this their... What, is, is he only in, like, one episode? Because that's the only way this makes sense. That, that he would eat a loss on his debut. I mean, after a package like that where he looks so strong, the only thing we I could sp- think... We spent a lot of time debuting this guy, and then he just lost. It, like, was it a was it a wink-wink, nudge-nudge? Like, yeah, he's in a, yeah, he loses all the time. He loses. It was, I don't. I, I, like, I really felt like that wasn't a good idea, but that's because we're just seeing one part of hopefully a larger piece. So, I guess. Maybe that's how he becomes edgier in the actual live event, and that's, you know, whatever. But uh, it was just I, odd. I love Willie Mac's eyes. Yeah. Awesome. He That guy is so expressive. Yep. He's fun to watch because he's so expressive. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, you know, I guess you could dog him because, like, oh, maybe, I guess maybe he's not like the best wrestler in the world. Fuck that. He's fun to watch. He's that so guy's, much fun to that watch. That guy is so fun to watch because he's a hundred times more expressive than most people. Oh, yeah. And so he's getting, like, his big eyes and like he just looks crazy. It's like, this is great. Mm-hmm. I love that Vampiro is explaining it, like, after his head went through, like, that cinder block, like, he seems like he got crazier. And I went, like, yeah, yeah, it seems like he got crazier. Yep. I'm into that. Like I told you, man, like, good storytelling from yep. the commentating. Like, yep. gives you substance. Uh, Pro, uh, Cobra Moon is debuting next week. A new new female wrestler. Hell yeah. Uh, she does sneak moves. But up in the top corner of my screen. Now, Lucha Underground. Later, Red versus Blue. Yo, what the fuck? It's weird. <laughs> I know those guys. Disciples of Death against Puma and Pentagon. So it's three on two. Mm-hmm. Katrina, who runs the show, is out there. And she's just stacked the odds. These guys already don't get along. And now it's three on two. Pentagon and Puma get jumped at the beginning of the match. Puma clears the ring. <clears throat> Pentagon dives on the outside. And then Puma, not to be outdone, does a uh, shooting a springboard shooting star press to the outside. What the fuck? Disciples of Death. I know. Disciples of Death run the numbers game. They're just running roughshod over everybody. Uh, lots of heat on Puma. But the whole time the heat's on Puma, Pentagon's on the outside just kind of like walking around. And like, he's getting to his corner eventually. Whatever. Like, yeah, you'll get it. Uh, he's like content to let Pentagon or to let Puma take the beating. I like that a lot. Um, he turns it around. Uh, he hits a uh, double team. He throws one disciple of death into the other one into a DDT position, and then he hits a running jumping neck breaker on the other one, which causes him to DDT the guy. And the crowd went fucking huge for that. Dude. 
Pentagon comes in and he just does like those fucking gunshot chest slaps. He takes off his glove. He takes off his hand wrap. Like three of them, like gunshots. Ow. Like it hurt. The last one made me yell fuck. It was so loud. Like, oh God. They're so, oh, they're rough. Oh, they're rough. Uh, Puma and Pentagon have a little bit of a face-off. This allows the Disciples of Death to attack. One of the Disciples of Death hits a rope-hung double-arm DDT to Prince Puma. I thought that was awesome. That looked really cool. Uh, Puma hits his reverse DDT driver that uh, uses his ricochet, Mm -hmm. uh, but he didn't do, like, the spin with it. He just hit it. I really like that move. Uh, It's like a reverse DDT into, like, almost like a Michinoku driver. Yeah. Um, And then he hits a 630, but Pentagon blind tags himself in after the 630 and just jumps on the guy and gets the win. Loved it. Yep. Uh, They have a post-match fight. Uh, Pentagon goes for Puma's arm, but Puna, Puma fights him off from doing all those bicep curls, I guess. And then... That, that makes sense. And then that, that's it. So there's like a little bit of a face-off and cero miedo. Means no fear. Uh, post-show, it ends. We'll see you next week. Post-fucking-credits Avenger sequence of Draz- Dragon Azteca Jr. Hey, you're gonna carry this legacy on? You you wear that match? Or you wear that mask? That's, that's not my path. I'm pretty happy with the mask that I picked. And then lean in. It's fucking Rey Mysterio Jr. God damn hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So excited to see this guy. Who's that jumping out the sky? Oh, R-E-Y Mysterio. Here we go. I'm really excited. I'm so happy because, yeah, he's old. But I think you're going to see stuff from him that you haven't seen in a long time. Yep. Because I think he was shackled in WWE. I think he just got really big. Like, he got, like, I know his knees are bad and everything. He yeah. had so much he had muscle. Had so much muscle. He was so big. Like, look at him from the beginning of his career mm-hmm. to where he was at, like, the end of WCW, to where he was at the beginning of WWE, to where he was at the end of WWE, to where he is now. Yeah. Or to where he was in that picture that I took with him. Like, he was not, I mean, I remember Rey Mysterio being, like, stocky yeah. in WWE. And when I saw him, I was, like, I was actually, like... He's actually still going to wrestle. Uh, he's he's you, you when you can trim down, you can be faster and more agile and everything. And he just wasn't doing that. Probably you know? easier on his knees too. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you take off, probably twenty five pounds, if not more. Yep. I mean, you you have to be a, a credible heavyweight champion in in the WWE's fucking which, eyes, which is just size. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's Blue Underground. Mm-hmm. There you go, man. What do you think? I, I again show the week every week every week. Just every watch week. it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Yep. Please watch it. Um. Raw starts, Daniel Bryan video. Triple threat contract signing. Daniel Bryan chance. Expect that all night. Uh, Ambr- Stephanie's cutting a promo. Dean Ambrose interrupts. He calls out Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns interrupts. Uh, he cuts promos and he sounds like the Usos. He just sounds like the Usos. He's not fun. Uh, Brock Lesnar comes out. There's a Brock Lobster sign. It says Mayor of Seafood City. Um, they all sign the contract. And then they all fight. Lesnar throws Dean Ambrose at Roman Reigns and then throws a table at Roman Reigns and then F5's Dean Ambrose and then that's that's it. And then Triple H stands at the entrance with his title and uh, he's, and he comes out to the game because he's the wrestler. It's all about the game. Yep. Uh, we get tweets about Daniel Bryan. Everybody's very sad, obviously. Ambrose and Reigns backstage. They both they want a piece of Lesnar. Let's do this. we got to find him, whatever. Uh, Owens versus Ziggler. 
We watched this, and when Owens versus Ziggler happened, Brian collapsed to the ground. Brian just went like, God. because we were making the joke. Owens came out, and then it was, who's he going to wrestle? And we jokingly said, Dolph Ziggler, just because they want to fuck with us. And then Dolph Ziggler's music hit, and Brian like went, oh, fuck. And I, like, just went to the, just went to the ground. I, I couldn't believe that this was the seventh or eighth time that we were getting this in so, in so short of a time span that that is, I'm not embellish. There was no reason for me to embellish in that moment. That is exactly how I, I just couldn't even bear to stand up because I had to be put through Kevin Owens against Dolph Ziggler again. I just gave up. My first note is Brian collapsed. My second note is why please (laughs) four minutes and nothing, four minutes and ear falls. Apron hung famouser to the outside, tease a 10 count, missed cannonball, roll up, Ziggler used the ropes. What? What? He's not a heel, mm-hmm. and you're against arguably your biggest heel. Yep. And then you cheat to win. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, and you know, somebody in the chat said it sucks because they put on a, match, uh, a good match every time. It's true, and I would love those things. If I had to eat pizza, the same pizza every day, I'd get real sick of that pizza. Mm-hmm. Not saying I don't love pizza. Yeah. Not saying it's not like the best. What I'm saying is that when I have pizza all the time, I get to a point where I just go, fuck pizza. Right. Right now, fuck pizza. And that's how I feel about this match. God damn. The first note both of us took, I think, was Groundhog's Day. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. And that, I mean, that that was the match. It was just the roll up with the ropes, and that was it. Yep. And Kevin Owens got mad. He beat up a table, set up an iPad gingerly, and then threw a threw in a uh, step. Yeah. Dudley Boys and the Usos cut a promo. Uh, Bubba Ray confuses Unoso with Tuso. With Tuso. Uh, that's it. The Usos have a tables match later against the New Day. And the Dudley say, let's make it four on four. Well, Dudley should be in a tables match, and the Usos say, okay. 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 Uh, Charlotte versus Alicia Fox. Alicia hits her Northern Lights suplex with the pointed toes, and it looks beautiful as always. There's a rope-hung neckbreaker from Charlotte, which I thought was a coolest fuck move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte does the skull fuck, and then walks in the figure eight for the win. And that's it. That's it. We're Any done. other notes? Nope. Nope. Miz TV. Jericho. Miz, T- Miz comes out, and he cuts a promo. Chris Jericho comes out and is wearing the worst jacket with no shirt underneath. Loved it. And Brian couldn't get enough. I I love Chris Jericho right now because of the same reason that Eric loved Chris Jericho in the 90s and the 2000s. It is... I hate everything about... I hated his fucking little, little palm tree. Yep. I hated the way he yep. spoke, how he stood, how he... Re- like, I hated every single thing about him and he somehow found a way for me to also hate him so much that i love him right now mm-hmm. because at 46 or however fucking old this guy is he's coming down to the ring he's got like 40 extra pounds <laughs> and it's not muscle in a fucking gold-laden blazer and looks like just the biggest piece of shit you have ever fucking seen yep 
how he can still make people hate him that much is the reason I love him so much right now. He came down and cut a promo on The Miz. He's doing all his catchphrases. And mm. then he says, I know what these people want. They don't want to see Miz TV. And we're sitting there going, yeah, we want to see Daniel Bryan. Bring out Daniel Bryan. And he goes, you want to see a highlight reel? No, not really. Okay, whatever. So they tear down the Miz TV set and they build up. They lower the Geratron and they put out the potted plant and now it's the highlight reel and the Miz is furious. Uh, they put the potted plant out there and JVL goes, the potted plant is over. We can't book credible heels. People are being booked 50-50. Tyler Breeze isn't being given a chance. It's all just garbage. And JVL says the potted plant is over. So, like I'm so mad, I can't see straight. It's like he's mocking us. <laughs> it's like he's mocking us to our faces. The potted plant is over. I hate it here. JJ uh, Styles comes out and interrupts. Miz jumps Jericho from behind. Styles dumps Miz to the outside. Jericho and Styles uh, get into it. They fight, and then Jericho to the outside. Stare down, and Jericho walks off. So they have a rematch on Smackdown. Smackdown. This week, tomorrow, or whatever. Um, Bray Wyatt versus Ryback. Goldberg chants because uh, he's wearing a black singlet now. It might be blue, but I think it's black. Black tights. No trunks. Um, Yeah, it's not a singlet. I'm sorry. Ryback is now wearing black trunks like uh, Goldberg. But they say Ryback, the big guy, or something. Yeah. Um, Ryback goes to the middle rope, or goes to like the top rope, but faces outside. Is he gonna? Is Ryback gonna do a moonsault? Yeah, I did not understand. What he, he just did. hops right down and like gets in people's faces. Okay, <laughs> he hits a Ryback hits a spine buster, goes for the meat hook clothesline, but it gets reversed in his sister Abigail. I thought that looked great. Mm-hmm. Post match beat down by all of the Wyatt family to Ryback. Notes? Nope. Uh, not at all. New Day is backstage. They're doing math. Kofi Kingston put the word boobies on the calculator. That's real. He did that. I know. And then I uh, Kofi Kingston. And then they're doing they're doing math. How who are they gonna get for a fourth member? There you go. Ambrose and Reigns backstage. Uh, Ambrose says he needs to get his hands on Lesnar. Reigns says, yeah, I'll help you. And Ambrose says, no, I have to do this on my own. Uh, Titus versus Adam Rose. Social Outcast promo. Adam Rose is the Radical Mongoose. I love this faction. Every week I love them more and more. Yep. Bo Dallas is so good. Yep. So fucking funny. Seahawks chant. Heath causes a distraction to Titus. And then there's a schoolboy roll-up by Adam Rose. And that's the win. That's the end. Of that match. I don't understand why you have to book him against Titus O'Neil. Could have put him against Darren Young. Could have put him against anybody who could actually put on a wrestling match. Since Adam Rose isn't that bad of a wrestler, he just had a really shitty gimmick before. (laughs) Yeah. He's a very good wrestler. His spine buster looks awesome. Oh, man. It's big for... I mean, granted, he's wrestling a guy who's 6'9 and, you know, 300 pounds. But, I mean, he's a big guy. Yep. Uh, like he looked pretty big up against Titus O'Neil, but yep. when again six nine, yep. to a, to a guy who's six two or six three, mm-hmm. like, big difference. Yeah, Ambrose calls out. Ambrose comes out and he cuts a promo on Lesnar and he talks about how his dick doesn't work and he's got tiny little balls and uh, no dick and a baby dick and a little baby dick and a little baby balls. And then Lesnar comes out and he's just going, <laughs> "I have to kill you." <laughs> okay. I mean, it wasn't even, like, pissed. He just walked down, like, shaking his head and kind of, like, rubbing his face like, this motherfucker. All right, I guess. This motherfucker. 
He won't stop until I kick his ass. So he comes down. Ambrose gets beat everywhere. He's mm-hmm. just getting beat around. Clotheslines fucking tossed around. He just keeps getting up. Eating, eating another clothesline just keeps getting up. He gets, he eats an F5, and he starts, Lesnar's walking away. Ambrose starts getting up. Hell yeah. So, Lesnar gets back in the ring. He's going to do it again. Reigns interrupts, distracts Lesnar, and then Ambrose low blows Lesnar and scrambles away. Why does everybody punch him in the dick? Because the only way to beat Brock Lesnar Mm -hmm. is to hit him in the dick. There you go. Like, uh, to me, that makes sense. The only way that you can get him down in a long enough time is to low blow him. You can't beat him normally. You have to, you have to go for the cheap shot. Yep. I would really love, this is what I wrote for this, the whole segment. I would really love for this entire thing of Ambrose calling out Lesnar Uh as a way for him to gauge how strong Lesnar is. Mm Mm-hmm. So that he can see how much he has to take mm-hmm. to beat him. That's interesting. It will never be that good of writing. No. But man, how cool would it be yep. if it was? I like that a lot. That's a very cool thing. I like that. I like. I hope. I hope eventually we get something like that because I think that's really cool. Uh, Our truth, Goldust segment. Uh, Goldust is Jimi Hendrix, and he wants our truth as a partner, and that's it. It's great. Let's get these uh, guys in their mid forties mm-hmm. together. They're not doing anything. Uh, let's book them on TV instead of... Where's Neville? Where was... Yeah, right? Jesus. <laughs> no no young talent. Nope. Uh, Becky versus Tamina. Sasha's on commentary. She's called herself the Beyonce of Team Bad. Naomi... Uh, Naomi starts yelling at Sasha. Sasha gets up and then out of nowhere... Oh, I'm sorry. Tamina starts yelling at Sasha. Sasha gets up and then uh, jumps... Naomi jumps Sasha... And they fight on the outside. Sasha gets tossed into the step. Uh, Becky goes for the save and then hits an exploder suplex on the outside and then walks into a Tamina super kick on the inside and that's the end of that match. Which fucking looked so good. Yep. And then uh, they had a good little like post-match breakdown. Yeah, it was alright. It was uh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see more women's wrestling. I would just like to see more of it like how it is on NXT mm-hmm. where they actually wrestle. The new dude backstage with Mark Henry. He's going to be their fourth. They dance. And now your main event. New Day and Mark Henry against the Dudleys and the Usos in a uh, tables match. New Day cuts a promo talking about how Mark Henry is their partner. Four on one by the Dudleys and the Usos on Mark Henry. The Usos dive. World's strongest slam on uh, Unoso. New Day starts telling Henry what to do, but he doesn't like it and he leaves. Double super kicks for everyone. And a 3D through a table. Post-match, the Dudleys and the Usos celebrate. The Dudleys turn heel and put both the Usos through a table with a 3D and then a powerbomb off the second rope. What'd you think? Uh, I had a feeling this was going to happen the moment the Dudleys interjected into into the match earlier in the evening. Interesting. I was just hoping that it would happen as the finish to the match. Yep. Where the Usos 3D... uh, I'm sorry, the, the Dudley's uh, 3D, one of the Usos. Yep. Because I thought that that was so perfectly lined up um, with them standing there and like the uh, and the New Day kind of being like taken out. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be like, oh, okay, whatever. We're going we're gonna to get like a, you know, the New Days are going to get beat by the, by the Usos. And then I really wanted to see them lose that way. Yep. But um, whatever. I'm, I'm happy that they're doing something more interesting. Dudley's, I feel, are always better as a heel uh, yep. team than as a face, so... There you have it. And then, and then Daniel Bryan's retirement ceremony, which we already covered, and it was really great. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Um, real quick, last notes. 
Uh, email from Ezra just reminded me. Bull Dempsey, Marcus, Louis, and uh, Sylvester Lafort all released. Who'd have thought? So, there you have it. Also, Trevor C., who brought some signs, uh, go-home show signs and, and yeah. stuff, Guam Gary, brought those oh, signs. Right. He said he's going to be at Fast Lane and he wants to make some new posters. My seats won't be as good as the ones with the go-home show uh, to Royal Rumble, but I want to make some nonetheless. If you guys have ideas, let me know. Guys, what should Trevor make? Let us know. Let us know here or let us know there or let us know wherever. That That's all. That's all. There you go. Hey, Brian. Episode number 95 of the Go Home Show. It's in the books. We did it. If you guys want to get a hold of us, go home show at mega64.com is the email address. On Twitter, at go home show. Gohomeshow.tumblr.com. Facebook.com slash the go home show. YouTube.com slash Eric Badur. Twitch.tv slash mega64podcast. We're here every Tuesday at 7.45 p.m. Uh, did I miss anything? Oh, leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. On iTunes. Or don't. Honestly, it doesn't really fucking matter. Um, and, and there you have it. <laughs> uh, Brian, anything else for these, for these folks as, uh, before we wrap up another fine episode of the Go Home Show? Can I have permission to go home? No. <laughs>